0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We started something last week, and I, 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 wanted, to, I wanted to. It's a, one of the best stories for me in the Bible. How many of you have favorite stories, maybe in the Old Testament, New Testament, that just speak to you? And, and they just speak to your life. This is one of those stories for me. It, it really gives me some principles, and it helps me, and it speaks to my life about some of the ways that we can have God involved in our life. Not just read a story, not just see something from the Old Testament, but to have God involved. Because I want I want more of Him. I love that song. I want more of Him in my life. Because when God's more involved in my life, things go a whole lot better. Things work better. Things, miraculous things take place. And so it's just it, it's a blessing. So let's we're gonna pray and, and let's just ask the Lord to help us. And you, you ask the Lord to help you receive something tonight. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your goodness to us and your mercy. We're thankful that you've given us your word and you've given us your Holy Spirit to teach us and enlighten us. So tonight, Father, we just come before you. We ask you for your help. We ask you for enlightenment. I ask that you would give me words to speak that bring clarity and accuracy in our lives. Father, give us light in areas that maybe we've been in darkness. And Father, when we do, we'll see it. We'll rejoice in it. We'll put it to practice in our lives, give you all the praise for it. We expect good things tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. We started with a story last week about the nation of Israel who came out of, they came out of Egypt and they went through the desert and they were coming up to what was called the promised land. It was the land that God had promised them, there's the term, promised land. So he said, I, I've got this land for you, I promise you. God told them over and over again. He said, there's people in there, but I promise you the land, I'm going to give you the land. Well, they got to the edge of the land and Moses sent 12 spies, 12 tribes in Israel, he sent 12 spies. Went into the land with the objective of finding out what was in the land and to come back. And really, if you read a little bit further in Deuteronomy, it says to tell us which way we should go. Not if we can do it, but how we should do it and to go that way. Well, when the spies came back, they brought fruit of the land. They spent 40 days there. And as they came back, they began, to, they began to talk. Now, we have what I call the contrast. We have a minority voice. We have a majority voice. We had two spies that brought back something different than the ten. So let's read that in, in Numbers, the 13th chapter, verse 30. Then Caleb to the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we're well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. They'd come back, the 10 spies were reporting. They said, it's a, they all said it's a beautiful land, but then 10 spies began to say, but you know what? There are Jebusites and Canaanites and Hittites and all kinds of ites are up in this land. And they said, and they began to, and you could tell when they were talking about it, it wasn't like they were like, oh, no, it's like, it's a problem. And Caleb, Caleb and Joshua are the two that had a minority report. Caleb had to quiet the people. You know, if you you tell people bad news, you ever seen bad news go out over a crowd and everybody gets stirred up? Like if someone said, hey, the night, you know, the day before Thanksgiving, we're going to need you to work overtime. That stirs everybody up. Everyone's like, what? What? It's bad news. And so, you got Caleb and, and Joshua, and Caleb comes up, he quiets them down, and, and he says something there. He said, he said um, Let's go now. We're well able to do this. Now, you, I want I, you, I, I'm, I'm kind of belaboring this point, but I want you to hear this. This is such a contrast, but it shows us something in our own lives. It's, it's Caleb's going, Let's go now. We're well able to do this. He He was not in denial. He didn't say, oh, I didn't see any big people. I didn't see anything. He just said, let's go now. We're well able to overcome this. We can do this. The majority voices said, we can't do this. And so they backed it up with, no, we can't do this. And then they begin to say things like, the people are stronger than we are. Now, how would they even know that? They saw these people. But here's, here's something that you want to notice. They never mentioned God. They don't even bring him into the conversation. So they're saying, we got it all, they said, man, they got people. There's more people than we are. They're stronger than we are. We, we can't do this. So you got two guys over here saying we can. You got 10 guys over here saying we can't. And then they began to talk. But then they said something very revealing. They said, man, we saw these people, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Now, here's just an interesting side note. How you see yourself is how you think other people see you. I've never met anyone who who said, you know, Alan, I really need you to pray for me because I I just feel like I am such a loser. Now, everyone else, I know they see me as a real winner and a champion. No, usually when people see themselves negatively, they think other people see them negatively. I know, I know there's no one here like this, but have you ever gone through and, and someone maybe at church, you walk past someone and they look at you funny? And you're thinking, well, dang, what are you looking at? And you, you got a problem? Is there a problem? Maybe there's a problem with me and then you think you do like, you could have crossed their path when they were thinking about something completely else. But if you're sensitive like that and, and, and if you carry that type of a bad self-esteem, then everyone who looks at you has a problem. And that it's not good. So they're saying, we, 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 we feel like we're grasshoppers. God never said you're grasshoppers. He never said, I'm sending you to a land where you can be squashed like grasshoppers. He said, I'm, I'm going to send you to land. You can take it. This is a good land. But they said, we can't take it. And so they, they, now we've got two reports. Now it's interesting because which report do you think everyone's going to believe? Ever heard people say, well, you know, the majority is always right. <laughs> no. No, that's not accurate. Majority is not always right. Let's look what happened here. So, Numbers 14, 1 through 4. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. What? Seriously. You, but you notice how how, and and, and I think all of us know this, once you go negative, it's easy to keep going negative. Once you go negative and begin to voice that, it it meant, so now they gotta roll. So people said, Hey, we can't do it, we can't do it. So the people cried all night. What does that mean? they believe the negative report. I'm going to be very honest with you. It's easier for people to attach to something negative than it is for people to attach to something positive. That's just a natural human thing. Watch the news, the local news. I don't typically watch local news. It's rarely ever positive. But they usually start off with a shooting somewhere that I really didn't even need to know about. And it's this, or there's a problem, or it's this, and it's negative, and people... Fixate on the negative. And so talking positive, huh, doesn't always work. In fact, if you're a positive person, people will t- talk about you for being a positive person. <laughs> well, I don't know who they think they are. It's just like Mr. Positive, like Miss, Miss Pollyanna. Everything is just wonderful. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard anybody talk like that? Well, what are you so happy about? You ever walked in an the office like, Well, what are you so happy about? You don't know how to shut that down? Because Jesus lives big in me. How's that? Amen. They won't ask you twice. <laughs> How do you know? Because I know. So uh, they, um, their actions revealed their beliefs. The fact that they were crying revealed they did not believe that God was going to give them the land. Their actions revealed their beliefs. That's a, that's a powerful point. And First and, and Peter, I won't have the time to go into it. First Peter, this says, Whom having not seen you love, he's talking about Jesus. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice. There's some of you that I said, if I talked to you five years ago and said, you know, on a, on a Wednesday night, you're going to be in church, you'd have looked at me and said, <clears throat> you're crazy. I want to ask for a show of hands. But it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> I haven't mean, even though, So, But now, you actually enjoy coming to church. Amen. You're here on Wednesday night. There's a lot, of, a lot of, I mean, tomorrow night is when the Texans play. <laughs> and we need prayer. <laughs> Be a prayer group, meets in the front here after it's over. We just <laughs> join hands and agree. But then, what believing you rejoice. See, we believe in Jesus, so we, re- we rejoice. If I said, how many of you, when you, if you die tonight, how many of you know you go straight to heaven? And you would be like, yeah. How many believe it's a good place? Yeah, yeah there, there's, 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 a, there's a joy there. Believing, you rejoice. Actions reveal beliefs. When Joy and I were at Lakewood, we, we, we had a friend. I won't name her. She was a friend. And uh, you, you, you'd ask her, say, how are you doing? And she said, she'd say things, she said, well, just praising the Lord. <laughs> I've got the victory. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, no, 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 no. Believing, you rejoice. Crying, crying, you're believing all the bad news. Believing nothing's good. coming. I've dealt with depression in my life before. I'm grateful that I don't deal with it near as much. In fact, now when it comes, I have, thank God. I just, I can see it start to show up and kick it straight out the door. It used to come in and stay. Now I see it, I see it in the street. And like, don't even think about coming in here. i beat you senseless. Don't even come in. <laughs> Alan, I, I, that's not kind to talk that way. Listen, when it talks, to, when it talks about works of the enemy, you better get a little aggressive. And and So anyway, the idea is when you're believing, you can get to a place where you believe something good's going to happen, and that gives us some joy. You believe that God's going to help you, and there's some rejoicing in that. The whole congregation, the whole nation of Israel believed that God had brought them out here to kill them. They started talking about dying. I never mentioned, I am bringing you to the promised land where you'll stay at the edge and die. He never said that. He said, you're going in. But now they're starting to project that God and, and our wives and our children are going to die. Everybody's going to die. We should have stayed in Egypt. Now, as I was reading that, this came up in my heart, and I, I have to share it. Don't ever say, I wish I could go back to my old way of life. Don't do that. Don't, just don't do it. It's not going to help you. And I promise you, going back to your old way of life, is not going to bless you. Because if you know the truth, you're going to be one miserable sinner. You'll just be miserable. Say, Alan, how, how do you know? Because I've been there. And you go back there, and you know in your heart this is not the way to go. You keep going down that road, you will be miserable. I'm just trying to spare you from being miserable. So don't say it. Well, I just, my life was better before I knew the Lord. Mm, mm. Mm -hmm. No, don't don't say that. Don't say that. Just If you feel that way, just just zip it. Put a praise album on. Come to church. Call a friend who's a good, strong believer. Say, talk to me. I'm not doing good today. Everybody needs a good Christian friend who can say, you're going to make it. God's going to help you. He's going, to get you, he's going to help you come through this situation. That is not his plan. You need some friends like that. Say, well, where can I find them? In church. That's <laughs> why so we need one another. We need, we need people that you can call up and you go, man, my life is horrible. They go, I was just thinking about how bad your life was. It's bad. <laughs> That's not the friend you need. You need people that will encourage you. I, man, I could really ramble on that. I'm not going to. Let's go. Anyway, the, the different perspective. And we see, so we see them. They're crying. They're upset. They've gone negative. But we see a di- different perspective. Let's read Numbers 14. This is Joshua and Caleb. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those. These were the two spies who spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy it out is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And the congregation said to stone them with stones. <laughs> now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. By the way, if you get real positive with your relatives during the holidays, don't be surprised if they pick up rocks. So, But do but you hear the difference? Now, I, I, want you, I want you to understand. People think, well, Joshua and Caleb, they were special. There's, this is where we have to stop believing that Joshua and Caleb were special. We're gonna find out later. The Bible said that Joshua and Caleb followed God fully. They just followed him. So what were they doing? There's, for one, they were the only ones that said anything about God. They said, this is a good land, guys. They tore their clothes. That's a that's a, Hebrew. They were passionate people. And they were like, and they were, I am so glad we don't do that today. You tear clothes today. <laughs> I store, tore my clothes up here. All of y'all YouTubers be like, I got this on YouTube. <laughs> this is going viral. Watch this. They tore their clothes. They were just... They, were still, they said, no, they said it's a good land. And, and, and then they brought God into the situation. Now that's, that's powerful. Don't fear the people. Their protection has departed from them and the Lord's with us. Listen, they didn't see anything different. They just believed something different. It's not like they went to the land of the pygmies came back and said, now all the people are this tall. We're going to kill them. That's not what they said. They sought the same land. They just believed something different. And they said, don't fear. Don't fear them. God's with us. He's going to help us. He's going to, he's going to be with us. Now, Alan, it's a good story. But what's this got to do with me? Everything. Everything. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? How does this story play out in our life? How does it work for us? I mean, we can look look back and read that. go, Great story, Alan, loved it. Wonderful, really neat. Josh and Caleb, awesome. What's that got to do with me? Everything. Because all of us face situations in life where we have a choice as to what we're going to say and what we're going to believe about it. And one of the best things we can ever do is instead of talking about how negative it is, how bad it is, how, how wrong it is. There, boy, there, guys, there's so much negativity. You don't have to do anything to go negative. You just have to wake up and look around. But if you want to get on the other side of this, what are you going to say? And what's in your heart? See, people, I, I know, I've, I've done this. I'll, I won't look at anybody else. I'll just talk about me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't know. Ted, you know, dad, man, every time things get going well, then something bad happens. You know, things are going good, then the other shoe drops. I, man, I'm telling you, I, I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do with these kids. and I don't know. Our marriage isn't good. I've seen, I've seen... Courtney's marriage on Facebook, she's got a great marriage. And my my marriage, my my marriage stinks. I know no one's ever said anything like that. Just indulge me just for a second. What happens is we have a choice as to what we're going to say. And and, and, and here's what, here's what we, we could say. It's all going downhill. It's bad. Or we could say this. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. The, the Lord's my helper. If, if, if you just begin to say that, I'm telling you, it will help you. Jordan and I have dealt with, you know, we've been married this coming year will be 38 years. And <clears throat> I've never, I'm always amazed at how people clap at that. <laughs> my, my my parents were married 60 some. So we're just we're... okay. Really, there was a couple I saw the other day. He's 106. She's 105. They've been married 80. <laughs> the point I was trying to make <laughs> is that you, you you always you're gonna face stuff, and but it's how we face stuff. Joy and I have talked about it. We've, we've faced problems. We were talking about something we were facing the other, other day. We went through some problems years ago, and it, it just almost cratered us. We went through a very similar problem, and we, and we went through so much better. We slid through. What happened? Well, Alan, you matured. No. No. Some people get older and meaner and nastier. Old age doesn't make you nice and mature. Makes some people ugly. No one here. Other people, just other. It's not what you go through; it's how you go through it. You're gonna go through stuff in your life. So here's here's the thing. So I, I don't don't know how you're a pastor. Obviously, you go through stuff better. (laughs) Yeah, you don't know. You don't know how much stuff I have to deal with. The Bible said, "Where there's no oxen, the stall is clean." But much increase comes with the strength of an ox. So, where you have an ox, you have what oxes do. I've talked to pastors of smaller churches that said, You have a big church, you don't have any problems. I have more ox. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not what you go through, it's how you go through it. You can bring God into it, or you can leave him completely out. So, Alan, I. I don't know, How do I I bring God into it? What are you saying? What are you believing? What are you saying? What are you believing? What's in your heart? Will God help you? Because this is, I got to move. Okay, look, I want to read this one verse. 40 years later, go go to Joshua 14. 40 years later, they talked to Caleb. 40 years later, because the group that said we can't do it, didn't. And they, they died off in the wilderness. Everyone 20 and up. Caleb is, is talking to Joshua. They're getting ready to go in the promised land. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord. My God, this is so good. And I have three minutes so listen to me. He said, I brought back word as it was in my heart. He didn't bring back everything he saw. There was a lot of, man, we got challenges. We got big people. That's not what he brought back. He said, what's in my heart is what God has been saying to us all along. This is our land. He's gonna give us this land. We're going into this land. That's what was in his heart. He said, the other people made the heart of the people melt. how did they make the heart of the people melt? With their words. What they said. You can make someone else's heart melt, or you can put courage in them, which is why I said you need a a buddy who loves God, who when you're going through a difficult time, he's not going to melt your heart. He's going to help your heart. If you're having problems in your marriage, listen, if you've got marriage problems, you don't need to be talking to the dude in your office who's been married six times. (laughs) Because he's not going to help you. He's going to tell you stuff like, oh, I'll tell you what, man, can you can't find a good woman? No, you can't find one, a good woman, if you're you, but other people can. But you talk to him long enough, your heart will melt. You need somebody who's going to tell you, God will help you. Don't give up on this. Your best days could be ahead. You stay with him. What does that do? That puts God back into it. So it's why you need something in your heart which is why I'm preaching to you tonight. Take these verses, put them in your heart. If you don't get anything tonight other than I can boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what can man do to me. You can get get by a lot on that one verse right there. You can, not mean to be crude, but you kick tail on that one verse right there. You can just, you can rise up. Lord will help me. me. Lord will help me. The Lord will help me. And what are you doing? You're bringing God into it. Listen to people talk around you. Have you ever gone back after maybe you came to the Lord and you've been hearing good messages and you go back and you hang out with some of your friends and you go, dear Lord, where did all these people get so negative all of a sudden? They've always been that way. You're the one that began to change. But if you'll get something in your heart, when you're facing difficult times, when you're facing any time, that's why I'm saying don't wait till something big comes. Just begin to say this now. Lord, thank you, Lord, you're helping me. Get up tomorrow. You're like, "Thank you, Lord, for your helping me. Show me what to do." I got some. I got some challenges on my job, but the Lord's helping me. Now you don't have to run into your cubicle tomorrow and go, "I'll tell you what God is helping me." <laughs> no, just use wisdom. You don't have to push anything off on anybody. But if they ask you, you can tell them. So people, so people looked at me years ago. And I'll never forget, they looked at me and they said, oh, Alan, I know you're enjoying being a father because your kids are young. But when they get older, those those teenagers, they will break your heart. I remember I looked at them and I said, I don't believe mine will. They looked at me like, there's a rock, I'm gonna pick one up. (laughs) I said, "I, I don't believe mine will. I said, I believe that if I raise my children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, even when they're old, they won't depart from it. I don't, you know, and in my case, we've had challenges with, but they haven't broken their hearts. And they live for the Lord now. Guys, we're playing this for the long run. You say, well, Alan, what if I say that God is going to help me and he won't? No, don't do that. What if he does? Well, instead of going, well, Alan, I can't believe that, Just, we, we need a different spirit about it. It's like Joshua and Caleb. I can't believe this. I believe God can help me. How many of you believe on the basis of that verse alone? that God could help you. And that gives you a reason not to be afraid. So it just, you walk around your house, nobody around going, thank you, Lord, you're helping me. Thank you, Lord, you're helping me. And you know what happens? You begin to speak that. You begin to get that in your heart. And all of a sudden, you hit a hard time. And instead of going, oh, dear God, what are we going to do? You come out and go, thank God he's helping us. And it's not what you go through. It's how you go through it. And we can go through it on time. I don't know if you enjoyed this, but I had a great time tonight. I just want to tell you that it was was really fun. But it reminds me, it just reminds me so much, this is what God calls following him fully. What Caleb did was simply say, Lord, I'm going with you. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? This evening, if you came and you said, well, Oh, and that was really good, but I don't even know if I know the Lord. I don't even know if I have a relationship with him. Or maybe you're here and you're like I was. I was raised in church, had a relationship with God, and fell away, far away from him. And I didn't want to live there. We're going to say a prayer tonight. We're not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front. But right in your chair, right where you are, this prayer is such a powerful prayer. And this prayer is something that can make it such a difference in your life. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. No one's looking around, but I am going to ask you this. If that's you that I'm talking to, you say, I want a relationship with the Lord, or I really want to come back to him, would you pray for me real quickly? Just shoot your hand up just across, across. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thanks, thanks. Appreciate your courage, thank you. Great, wonderful. You can put your hand down, we're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to. You can still jump in on this prayer. This is a heart prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. You pray it out loud, too, so you can hear it. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. I just still bow, Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, for those who came out of darkness into light and for those who've come home. Father, for the rest of us, thank you. Thank you that you've given us your word. You've given us your spirit. You've given us all the tools that we need to go through whatever we're facing and to come out on top. Lord, we thank you for that. What a privilege, and all the glory, all the honor be to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about the ark, visit thearchchurch.com.